This is a podcast by The Business Times. Very proud to share that right now, today, we are the number four largest consumer debit card issuer in Singapore, right behind the big three Singaporean banks, but we are also way larger than a number of other foreign banks. Welcome to The Pitch by Garage, where we deep dive into startups and tech and learn key business building skills from founders, business leaders and experts. Also, we'll try to unearth what makes successful entrepreneurs tick and learn a thing or two. I'm your host, Vanessa Ho, co-founder of NUS Alumni Ventures, a student and alumni-run angel investment network, and the outreach lead of a new social fi startup. Today, I'm excited to have a conversation with Cecilia Chu, the co-founder and CEO of Utrip. We'll go in-depth about staying adaptable as a business and Utrip's move to the B2B payments market. Thank you, Cecilia, for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Vanessa. Tell us more about yourself and Utrip. My name is Cecilia Chu. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Utrip. So in 2018, we have launched Singapore's first multi-currency mobile wallet that synchronizes with a MasterCard to allow anyone to buy anything online and offline all across the world without any FX fees. I know it has been a while since the pandemic, but tell us your first reaction when COVID happened and you know that a portion of your business is going to be affected. Maybe if I take a step back, being a founder of an ambitious startup, I've always felt that I would need to go through a few near-death experience in order to be a great business leader. But what I wasn't expecting is, you know, how quick this near-death experience would actually happen to us. We launched our service first in Singapore. We were our first mover at that time in late 2018. We grew really fast and we quickly expanded to Thailand in late 2019. But of course, at that time, we really wasn't thinking that the world is just heading into its worst, perhaps once a lifetime, public health crisis, which is the pandemic. You know, that was really a surprise to us. And when the pandemic first hit us, it actually hit us pretty hard. Overnight, we lost uh, more than 70% of our business volumes. So what was going through my mind at that time was, what should we do now? And really, how do we put the best minds in the company across the teams to really figure out our next best tactical steps to help us navigate the crisis. What was the biggest challenge for you knowing that you had to shift the business value proposition or shift your services as well? I would say when crisis hit, it is also a blessing in disguise when we look back. It didn't feel that way when we were deep into the pandemic when it first hit us. But I think it's really going back to the basics. It's really thinking through about what service, what products would really solve meaningful pain points for our customers. So it's really from a first principle basis, it's really about knowing and understanding our customers and following them and understanding how their lives has since changed. So when the pandemic happened, we follow our customers and we noticed that with the whole world working from home and studying from home phenomenon, they're spending so much more time at home. We recognize that they have changed the way they shop, the way they make payments, really the way they spend time. And with that, then we really put our heads together and think about how do we leverage the technology and the payments know-how that we have to really make that online purchasing journey also as seamless and as cost-effective as we can. YouTube's transaction volume exceeded pre-pandemic levels with online e-commerce, especially when we saw an uptick in online shopping. So how did you manage to shift your use case of your payment among your consumers? 
look, we are very, very excited about growth that we're seeing in our data right now. So ever since Singapore has actually announced its border easing measures, I believe that was around March this year, we are seeing 25% month-on-month growth in terms of our transactions by our consumers. And what it means is we have doubled our business within this quarter alone. And compared to what we did during the same period last year, we are already doing two, three times. And what is truly exciting to us is, you know, we are also doing more than two times our pre-pandemic Q2 back in 2019 as well. So we are very, very excited about growth numbers that we're seeing, but we are also even more excited and looking forward to the tailwinds that travel and consumer confidence and consumer digital spending, it's truly picking up for the rest of the year for us as well. So, you know, when we think about really shifting focus in tackling a new market opportunity, what we do for our customers, I would say it's really knowing that this is not a one team's job. It's truly a teamwork. It's really about moving everyone across the organization to align ourselves to the new priorities. So, of course, product need to start thinking about new features that are great for online shopping, but also for marketing partnerships. We are really looking through our sorting through our data and see who are our top trending online merchants and how do we strike new partnerships to bring these cashback and promos to our customers so that they find it even more compelling to use Utrip and our customer service it's really front and center as our key touch point with our customers they also has a role to play when it comes to educating users for a new use case so from my perspective it's really about bringing the organization to align ourselves align our way of work and mindset to a brand new priority of the company by truly following the changes in behavior of our customers As a business leader, you identify that it really takes a village to embrace this change in your business needs. So how do you promote a culture of innovation and adaptability within your team? That's a very good question. And, you know, I think a lot of times when we think about team culture, company norms, for me, I've also been an employee once, not once, quite many times at different organizations, and they are very, very successful. One thing that differentiates how we think about our culture and people is that we want to give them a lot of autonomy to make decisions for us. And where we are coming from is that we believe young people, no matter how many years, a lot or a little bit less in terms of experience that you bring, you have tremendous amount of value that you are also bringing to the table, especially in a place like Utrip, where we are really creating services for millennials. You know, who is better than the millennials to create? great service for them because it's really about understanding your customers. It's really about following them and putting yourself in their shoes to really understand their new pain points. So no one, I would say, is better than the millennials to create services for the millennials. So we give our young people a lot of autonomy in their jobs. Tell us more about UBIS for 2022 and a strategic focus for the company. This is also a lesson that we have learned firsthand from the pandemic. What we have seen over the last two years is that businesses have truly learned to work remotely. Many of them are now working in this hybrid, remote, work-from-home arrangements. And so what it means is the traditional concept of your market border, where you incorporate your business, is much less relevant. And when businesses think about the end market, who I can sell 
well too, right? And when I think about staffing, Singapore is a very competitive place, which is great. Lots of talents. It's also quite competitive to hire talents. So where can I put staffing and an organization? Can I have a back office or BPO arrangements for some of our functionalities? And also when I think about the partners and even vendors and suppliers that we can work with, the world is certainly moving a lot more global now. And many businesses, which I thought was very exciting, is that they are thinking much more global. Their ambitions has truly become global. But what is standing in their way is really the fragmentation of the banking system, really the different currencies that you need to transact in every place that you do business. Of course, the cross-border needs is ever-increasing. As UTRIP, as a regional business ourselves, we really understand this pain point very well. Not only we wanted to save on our very own FX costs, but also in every market, in every jurisdiction, just going through the paperwork to open a new bank account, just the time that was was kind of trapped in moving money across the border as a business, it is actually quite a lot of manual work still. So we felt that uh, with the technology that we have uniquely built for this region, which is really multi-currency at our core, with a lot of payments in and payments out capabilities on card or non-card, we felt that we can take our technology to enter the SME business with the main objective to help them save time and save costs. If we go back a few years when you first started, who was Utrip really designed for at the start and how did that shift? And why not think about the large businesses beyond SMEs? Utrip was really founded on the mission to create payment innovations to bring the best value and also superior convenience to our customers. And throughout the pandemic, no matter how challenging the world seems to be to us, we have always been true to our mission. We have stick to it for the consumers. When they are migrating to making a lot of purchases online, we put in a lot of new cashbacks and partnerships with a merchant in place to make them even better value. And SME side, of course, we will stay true to our mission. We will help them to save on the FX, on the cross-border payments with our market-leading Forex rates. But also, we are helping them so that when they expand beyond the border of Singapore, they may not need to immediately open new bank accounts in Thailand, in US, but they can also transact seamlessly at no cost and hopefully all in real time with the customers, with the suppliers. So I would say Utrip has been very, very true to to our mission and we're still sticking very much core to the purpose of why we exist. And in terms of who we are going to target from UBIS perspective, we are really targeting business of all sizes. The foreign exchange, the cross-border payment needs, the ever-increasing needs for branching out your original market. It's truly a needs that we see across all sectors and for companies of all sizes and shapes. What was even more exciting for us is that through the pandemic, many businesses actually are really taking digitalization as a very, very important way to differentiate and stay competitive. So we are seeing great traction in the market where people do want to automate some of their finance workflow with us so that they are really saving time and cost. One very key benefit for us to start UBIS at this point in time is because Utrip ourselves actually has become a regional business and we do have multi-market presence. So it has truly helped us help our team, uh, not only our product team, but also our marketing team to really understand the pain point of what uh, some of these SMEs are also going through in the market. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. I just want to 
pick your brain a bit on where you should prioritize your business growth. The pandemic has truly brought out our ambition and determination to be a all-weather company. We will be successful with or without travel, and I think the pandemic pretty much put this ambition out in the front and center of our journey over the last two years. So now we have a very diversified set of business. Of course, in 2018 when we started, it was primarily a consumer payments, and this is what we are known for. Today, one in five Singaporean millennials currently carry our card. So this is truly what we started our business with. But now, when you look at us, we have the corporate payment as well with UBIS. We have Remittances. We have lending for SME as well, and we have become so much more diversified as a business. And I believe when we emerge out of the pandemic, along with you know every market, all of our customers, whether you're consumers or businesses, we are just becoming a so much stronger business overall. Last year, digital banking was the hot topic when MAS was issuing all the licenses to the consortiums. Has it always been in the pipeline that Uchip will eventually become a full-fledged digital bank? Right now, from where we see it, I feel that we still have a very long runway to continue growing, and there's a lot of excitement in the market in both the consumer and SME space, both online and offline payments in both Singapore and also the market, new markets that we are getting into. I see a lot of excitement and growth opportunities right now, but our strategy has always been thinking about a land and expand rather than a super app or offering as many features as possible type of product strategy, and I can explain why. We feel that in the business of finance, especially when it comes to corporate banking, it's truly a business of trust. Trust takes time to build. We picked a very, very focused first product to launch with, which is the corporate SME card, and we put a very compelling proposition around it: best value. Extreme ease of use, which is what we are very good at, and we want to launch with it first. And what we believe is, when customers start to sign up with us, when they start to transact millions of dollars with us, they will eventually trust us more and wanted to put more of their use cases and more of their service onto our platform. So we are very much on the bandwagon of a land and expand strategy. So we are the only corporate card out there with no limit in terms of cashback and with a real zero percent effort. And we are truly outstanding in terms of this proposition in the market. So we are very excited to start serving more and more businesses with our card, with our remittances, with our lending proposition, and eventually go to a more full suite of service, or within the context of gaining the trust over time. How did you identify that cashback was something that your SME customers would want? You know, the impression that I've got in Singapore is that everyone is just so savvy, so smart with their money, and they like to compare products. They really are very good at math. It is important to them having the best value. Like I said, is being true to our mission. Every single line of business, when we go into it, we really ask ourselves: How do we optimize? How do we have the best supply chain so we can be the most compelling product and offering in the market? So you will see us do that not only for you. Trip customers, obviously. Now we have U Trip perks in the app, but also you will see us doing that for SME and every single line of business that we go into. Cryptocurrencies, given that you are in the fintech and payment space, and it seems quite natural that many fintech companies are expanding their services to include transacting cryptocurrencies, any other features integrated with blockchain. So, is that in the pipeline for you? And what are your considerations? 
So you will certainly see us having an offering in the cryptocurrency space. What we are aiming to do is by early next year. So our thinking is that what we see cryptocurrency to be very, very interesting. It's really as an investment class of asset from a payment of general goods and services perspective, which is you know really where the bread and butter of a business. I would say cryptocurrency may not play a very huge role in that, just because of the very volatile and also the speculative nature. Of the asset class, but I see it from a investment perspective, from a storage of value perspective, and even from an underlying technology perspective, it has huge value to add to the financial system. So you will certainly see us having an offering in this space, and hopefully that will be early next year. Any hint on what this offering is going to be? <laughs> not there yet. We are not there to disclose it just yet, but you will be the first to know. Before going into UBIS, I'm sure in the consumer payment space you already have some competitors, but you were market leader in this market at least. And now going into SME Neobank, it will be even more competitive. Do you feel threatened, and how do you keep yourself well positioned? In the consumer space, we were the first mover in Singapore back in 2018, and you know since then there were new competitors, right? So, banks, some banks has also got the multi-currency card, and of course we also have a few global fintech who have launched similar products. Very proud to share that right now today we are the number four largest consumer debit card issuer in Singapore, right behind the big three Singaporean banks, but we are also way larger than a number of other foreign banks compared to our closest. FinTech peers, our user base in Singapore currently is four to ten times larger from the card issuance perspective. So I would say we are a very competitive bunch. But you know, on the SME Neobank, while we are not a first mover, but what I can say is we are the only player who actually got a full suite of licenses from the MAS payment licenses, you know, to the Mastercard Visa licenses, even our insurance corporate agent license. We are the only player with a full set of licenses, and what that allows us to do is actually to build our technology platform and do all the integrations end to end. So we are the only player who truly own our proprietary core banking platform from an end to end perspective, and I believe this is a huge advantage. Because this gives us great control over the product features that we can launch, not just at the beginning phase, but also down the line, and also give us great control over our cost structure. So when we put out the best value product in the market, we can actually do it sustainably. And we are not one of the fintechs who burn cash. We actually have been very disciplined, and everything we do has a positive contribution margin to our business. So all this discipline, I believe, would be our sustainable. Competitive edge and differentiation as we further play out in the marketplace. Right now, it's time for my favorite segment, which is the quick fire questions. To start off, what do people usually get wrong about your business or your business model? You trip today is a lot more than travel. The pandemic has really brought out our ambition to be an all weather company. With or without travel, we are going to be successful. What is your favorite metric right now? User growth. Since the announcement of the border easing, we are doubling our business just within this quarter for the consumer front, and we are seeing great traction, market excitement for UBIS product. And I think this is all because as markets are coming out of the pandemic, businesses, individuals are now thinking about the next travel trip, finding the next adventures for businesses, really thinking about expansion again, new projects. So I think this is greatly an exciting time. What is one trait you want people to remember you as a founder? 
Courage. So, you know, I think when we first launched the business, we were a first mover. There were many people who do not believe in the multi-currency or prepaid or debit wallet type of business lines, and we have proved them wrong. But more importantly, I think during pandemic time, we are also completely fearless. When we face the worst public health crisis, when we got hit because there was no more travel, and how we turn around the business and transform ourselves into an all-weather company, I think all these journey has made us a truly fearless company. And for me, I would say courage. Courage is important during the bad times when we navigate a crisis, but it's also extremely important when during a good time like right now, when we are seeing a lot of growth, we also need to be very, very brave and dedicated to truly capture that experience um, and opportunity. What would you have called your startup if you were back in your garage ideating your startup again? We love our company name. Company name is UYOU Technologies Group Limited. So what we want to remind ourselves is we put you, our customers, at the front and center of everything that we do. On the consumer side, we have launched U-Trip to facilitate people finding their next big adventures in the most cost-effective way. On the SME side, obviously, now we have UBIS to truly help companies on the journey to become much more global, much more regional. We want to help them save time and cost. We love our name and we will always remind ourselves to be a truly customer-centric company. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's truly my great pleasure. And that's it for today's episode. I hope you have learned valuable lessons on business building. I'm your host, Vanessa Ho. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, leave a comment, share, and hit subscribe for more episodes on startups and tech. This has been The Pitch by Garage. Stay safe and entrepreneurial. That was a podcast by The Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the Audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Do note... All analyses, opinions, recommendations and other information in this podcast are for your general information only. You should not rely on them in making any decision. Please consult a fully qualified financial advisor or professional expert for independent advice and verification. To the fullest extent permitted by law, SPH Media shall not be liable for any loss arising from the use of or reliance on any analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast. SPH Media accepts no responsibility or liability whatsoever that may result or arise from the products, services, or information of any third parties.